Good morning. Oh, come on, I can have a little better good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, that revives me. Thank you. It's a privilege and honor to be with you, friends. It was our privilege and honor to have a team from GLCC to be with us in February. And Brother Larry Carter as leader and the uh, Duke and his son, Dan, and several others from GLCC were with us. And we were, when they were about to arrive, we were kind of shaking with anxiety because this large group we never had before. And our place is a very small place where we live. Now, how are we going to do, what are we going to do for these people that they will be comfortable because we don't have the facility that you friends have here. But all our anxiety was gone when they came and they just mingled with us as if we are a big family. And indeed, we are a big family in Jesus Christ. So we had an honor, and we really appreciate how they adjusted, never complain, right on time every time, and time doesn't matter in India. When we say we'll meet at 9, we may meet at 10, but they adjusted smilingly to everything. We are so thankful to them for that. Now, I have to speak in English. I wish I had to do that in Hindi, but uh, I know I'm, if I did that, you'd never call me back. So, and I like this, brother. Duke, I like this. Really do, because I'm scared of those uh, plastic and glass stands where you could see my trembling legs because English is not my language. It's one of the languages that I know by God's grace, but it is the toughest language to learn. Do you believe that? How many of you do? See, got some friends here. Had a man, a young man, come to the U.S. Uh, from India and uh, was learning English. Like I was when I first came here. While learning English, he came to know that English is sometimes very difficult. Uh, he wanted to travel, so he called the agent and said, uh, Ma'am, would you book me a ticket to Prague?" And the lady said, Prague, you, you mean Prague? Uh, okay, I will book you a ticket. And the, boy, uh, the man said, oh, uh, it's just slip of tongue, you. And, oh, she said, no, no, it, it's, it's slip of tongue. He said, okay, I won't arg. <laughs> so English could be very tough, you know. So bear with me, we make mistakes. I want to express my gratitude and thanks to Brother Duke Gray for arranging this opportunity for me to be able to come with my family and share with you this morning. And I also want to give thanks to the elders of this church and also to Brother Patrick for trusting me to take his place this morning. I really appreciate that. 
I hope I'll do justice and you call me back sometime later <laughs> again in the future. But it, it's my privilege and honor to be with you. And this morning I want to share a message from my heart with you. And the entire message entitled is, Have a Heart for the Lord's Work. Have a Heart for the Lord's Work. If I can read it right, because I don't have my glasses, but that's okay. Isaiah chapter 54, verses 11 through 16, Isaiah writes about what God is telling O afflicted city, lashed by storms and not comforted, I will build you with oh my stones of turquoise, your foundations with sapphire. Ah, you can read that for me. It will be it'll be good if you did. Okay. Yeah. So where are we? Fifty-four. Yeah, fifty-four, eleven through sixteen. Okay. O afflicted city, lashed by storms and not comforted, I will build you with stones of turquoise, your foundations with sapphires. I will make your battlements of rubies, your gates of sparkling jewels, and all your walls of precious stones. All your sons will be taught by the Lord, and great will be your children's peace. In righteousness you will be established, tyranny will be far from you, and you will have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed, it will not come near you. If anyone does attack you, it will not be by my doing. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. See, it is I who created the blacksmith who fans the coals into flame and forges a weapon fit for its works, and it is I who have created the destroyer to wreak havoc. Thank you, sister. So thoughtful of you to bring the glasses to me. And they're, they're perfect. You know, in God's house, you are helped in every way. Isaiah is telling about the promise that God is making for his people who have been facing trials and tribulations and problems and difficulties. As we read those words, they are, they are so assuring. And you know, my friends, that God does not make mistakes. And when God promises something that you know it is going to be fulfilled exactly the way God is saying that I will do this for you. And indeed, when we come to the New Testament and read the 16th chapter of the book of Matthew, verses 13 through 18, you find that fulfillment is beginning there, right there. That Jesus is talking about what he is going to do. When Peter made the good confession, Christ said, Upon this rock that you just confessed, I am going to build my church. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And that's a solid promise. 
And ever since more than 2,000 years, we see that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has continued to grow in spite of all the problems, difficulties, persecution, and whatnot. Because it is promise of God, and when God promises, and when Jesus promises something, it's going to be fulfilled. Nobody can stop it. People may try, the world powers may try, money may try, everything may try, but the church of the Lord Jesus Christ will prevail against everything. Because you know the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is not a social club. It is not an organization. It is an organism. Organism built on the living Christ. And that's why it is powerful because it has the power of Jesus Christ and nobody can destroy the church from the face of this earth. The Lord is going to come as he has made the promise. One day he's going to come and take his church, his bride, with him to heaven. He has prepared a place for us. And we have to believe it all 100% with our hearts and dedicate ourselves to the promises of the Lord and enjoy the sweet taste of that little, I mean that heaven in a little way here on this earth. When we are in the church, nowhere, no matter where you are in the world, if you are in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, you taste it. You see, when we walked into this church, people coming and going, they saw, and people came and shook hands with us. Welcome. Good morning. We, we've never seen them before. But they were meeting and greeting us as if they know us for years. We are overwhelmed by the love and care we already have received. And this is all possible because this is a body of Christ. And we all are a part, no matter where you live in the world. And we want to thank you for your warmth of love. I come to you from a country where darkness rules, where there are so many gods and goddesses, so many images. You walk a few yards and you come to a shrine or a temple or an object of worship everywhere because they worship 330 million gods and goddesses. God for every purpose, God is for every occasion. And in that country where 84% people are Hindus, they don't like Christians, especially the high caste Hindus. And Christianity is under severe persecution for many years now. But now it is rising more and more. 84% people who are Hindus, 12% Muslims, 1% other religion and Christianity is only 3%. And that includes all denominations and Catholics. So Bible-believing evangelicals are only 0.6%. But my friends, there was no Christianity in India to begin with. But 
thanks be to God who had people who had burden on their uh, hearts who traveled leaving their comfort zones and came to my country to preach the good news to our people. My great-grandfather was a Hindu priest. And a missionary came and worked with him, became friends and tried to tell him about Jesus, why he didn't have anything to do with Jesus. But you know, missionaries, I have come to know about 50 years, I have spent on mission field as a missionary, so I know missionaries are very stubborn people. You know, my great-grandfather wouldn't budge, but missionary never lost his patience. And patience, they say, it pays off. So one day my great-grandfather was standing in the waters of baptism. But then he couldn't live there. He had to leave and come down a little bit south in the middle part of India. That's where we live. And that legacy has been passed on to my grandfather, to my father, to me. And I'm a missionary today because of a missionary. That's the cause. That's the cause that God has given to his church not in a particular sense of missionary from another country. Mission is God's mission, and it's the mission of the church. There are lost souls everywhere dying without Christ every day. Every day. Do you know that about 21 people will die in one minute without Jesus around the world every day? In one minute. While I'm talking to you, in one minute... 21 people will die without Jesus. And dying with Jesus means hopelessly dying. And you know out in the world there are hundreds and thousands of people who are dying every day without any hope. We see that all around us. Do we feel the pain, the concern, the love for those people for whom Jesus gave his life? For whom Jesus died. It's our responsibility my friends. Many countries in the world today. In, the, in many countries in the world today. Christians are facing dire consequences of their, because of their faith. Countries like India. Countries like Afghanistan. China. Cuba. Egypt. Indonesia. Malaysia. Iran. Iraq. And many more. Persecution is mounting. Where we live, it's on the top. We live in a very difficult area. You know, some of the things that are that happen to us on a regular basis, you can't even imagine. Because you don't know. I don't blame you for that, because you just don't know. Every day our mail is tampered with. We never receive our surface mail intact. Never. Some secret agency will read it first. And they interrogate us many times over that. Local FBI can walk into my home or my office anytime. Asking questions, useless questions, but they try to harass us, try to find some something that they can frame us with. 
Baptism in my state is illegal. Illegal. As a Christian, Christian leader, we cannot baptize a Hindu or a Muslim or any other religious people. If they want to be baptized, they have to go to the court of law and file up an application before the judge that we want to become Christian, we want to be baptized, and we are under no pressure, no allurement. We want to do it on our own. And that application has to be in one month before the date of baptism. So it's not easy, my friends, like you can walk through the aisle, come and be baptized. You have to plan your salvation in India one month ahead of time. And that one month is not given for any spiritual growth. That one month is given for interrogation by three different branches of police. And they grill you so bad that people will give up their idea of becoming Christian. Pressurize them in every way possible. So what do we do? We don't baptize Christ, I mean Hindus or Muslims or other people of other religions. We do. We play the devil's game in his own way. Now I'm telling you this, don't tell it to anybody outside and word should not get to India. They will hang us for that. But we drive people, we prepare them and we drive them four to five hours to another state borderline and take them to the other side, baptize them there because there is no such law as yet. And sometimes we bring them back by night and sometimes we just leave them with our friends there to grow. And then they come back. We have... I don't know how many people in our church, in our other churches, in the villages, people who have been baptized secretly like that. Public preaching is a no-no. You can't talk about Jesus on the street with anybody, not even with your friends. Two preacher friends got down off from the train and they saw each other and they were so happy. Our preacher boys. And they, were, they started sharing, hey, what's happening in your area? And one was telling them the other. And people going by, they heard it. They went to the police and said they are witnessing on the railway platform in a public place. So the police came and dragged them and put them in jail. That you are preaching Christ in a public place. That's a no-no. Hand grenade had been thrown on the mission house once to kill the missionaries, but God saved. Fire had been put on our property twice, but again, God is there to protect us. I have been fired at once, and Ernest had been fired at, and he almost lost his life. Because he goes to this place where that, that you will be seeing later, if you stay here in the uh, presentation of this uh, DVD, 15 minutes, and they had warned him, don't come to this area and don't try to convert our people. But he wouldn't listen. I told you the missionaries are stubborn people. He continued to grow, and one fine day, 
when he was traveling through this forest road, a bullet came, and by God's grace, there was a ditch. Sometimes a ditch can, can be a blessing, because the driver tried to swing around the ditch, and that's when the bullet came, and just missed him by inches, and went back and broke the win other window, and he was saved. But he still goes. And he started in that area about 35, 36 churches, among where they did not want him to come at all. We as Christians have a very big task, great task, and that is to break all the fortress of the devil and those who are captives inside. We have to bring them out into the saving grace of Jesus Christ. That's our job as Christians, as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to be the witnesses for Christ. And witnessing has to come from within. To the Apostle Paul, Jesus Christ had said, I, had, I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I'm going to show you. That's Acts 26, 16. And the root word of witness is martus in Greek. And from that word, martus, we have derived the word martyr. So in witnessing, there is a probability that we will be persecuted even to become a martyr for Christ. My friends, the air today around us in the whole world, the air is filled with hatred, selfishness, pride, arrogance, cutthroat competition. In a nutshell, I will say there is nothing but darkness and sin and hopelessness in the world. Many times people try to hide their faces behind a mask. They try to show that they are something else. They are very happy, but no, they are not happy. Behind their mask, if you take that off, you will find that there is sadness, there is hopelessness. Hypocrisy is not going to do any to them. Well, I know about a young man who was looking for a job. He was desperate to earn any, any money anyway. So he saw an ad in the local newspaper that the local zoo uh, is in need of a young person. So just come to, for interview to the zoo, uh, no need to apply. So he walked into the office and there were two, three people sitting. They said, oh, you are the person we are looking for. Slim and sleek and, you know, just young and energetic. Uh, we'll give you the job. He said, what do I have to do? And they said, well, our chimpanzee died. And he was a big attraction. A lot of children came and parents came and uh, we earned lots of money and the money is not coming anymore. So here is a tailor-made, you know, monkey suit. Just zip it from the back and do some monkey things. 
and we'll pay you really good. So he was so desperate, he said, okay, I will do it. So he practiced and he was doing things, crowd was back, everybody was happy. One afternoon in the uh, winter time, not very many people were there during the weekday, so he was practicing to swing, you know, on the rope. A rope went a little higher and it broke, so he fell on the other side of the fence. And that fence, other side, was a tiger. And the tigers were sitting there and soaking sun. So you know what this man would do? As soon as he saw the tiger, he started screaming in perfect human voice, ah, Somebody save me! Oh, please help me! And the tiger got up and came running and grabbed him and squeezed him tight and whispered in his ear in perfect human voice, Would you shut up or both of us will be fired? <laughs> yes, my friends, people are full of hypocrisy. But behind their happy faces you will find an emptiness inside them. You will find darkness. You will find that there is a brokenness, sadness, and helplessness, and hopelessness. And we are the people of God who are holding the secret to happiness, secret to joy, which is only in and through Jesus Christ. And we are not supposed to just keep that Christ among ourselves and get together like this. I mean, this is important. I'm not saying it is not. But here we come to be filled, to be uplifted, and then go out and share what you have. Because we have the saving grace of Christ with us. And if we do not share that Christ with others, then we are being very selfish. Because Christ did not die for me only. He died for the whole world. And the world out there is dying without Jesus every day. And it's our responsibility to give an answer. Yes, we serve God Almighty. And I was reading the hymn, I mean the lines, and <coughs> for the communion, beautiful things were being said which are true. That he is not there anymore in the grave. He is living. We serve a living Christ. Church is founded on living Christ. The angels told the women who went to see the grave, said, He is not here. He is risen. And He is going ahead of you into Galilee. Galilee. Why was he going ahead of you into Galilee? Because Galilee is the place where there is suffering humanity. It is the field where Jesus is needed. Galilee, where you will find living people who are living in a spiritual darkness... That's where you will find people working in the factories and schools and offices and business. Galilee where they are living in beds in the hospitals. 
lying in beds and living in the slums and ghettos everywhere in the world. Living in the streets and sleeping on the streets, spending their lives on the street in our country, in the city of Mumbai, which is the Hollywood of India. 4.5 million people sleep on the streets every night. They don't have a shelter. Feel where the untouchables are treated so badly less than human being. Discrimination is so profound there you will find. Feel where there are kids who are living as orphans without any hope. Living as prostitutes. Oh my. Feel where young girls are being sold at the age of 10, 12 and 15 at a high price because they are more in demand for prostitutes. Do you know that out there approximately there are 10 million child prostitutes in the third world countries? Feel where young brides are burnt alive because they did not bring enough dowry kind of money or or kind of gold or whatever, cash, when they got married. So they are tortured and then they are burnt alive. Feel where children are despised of their education and they have to do hard labor, laborer work under very pathetic conditions. In the third world countries, approximately 250 million child laborers are working under these pathetic conditions. Feel where the homes are shattered because of divorce, alcohol, and drugs. Feel where wars have caused so much damage to the kids, especially. Between 1984 and 94, in wars and civil wars, 400,000 children became handicapped, deaf, blind, or mentally retarded. Feel where pagan religions are so much powerful that Christians are facing so much problems and difficulties and atrocities. Their lives are in danger. Yes, my friends, that's our Galilee. That's our Galilee, and Jesus has gone ahead of us into the field to be there. When you get there, he is already there. And he's going to help you. Many times we see the enormity of the problems and we just step back, we cannot do it. But it's God, it's Jesus who is going to help you to do that. Well, let me just close with one or two remarks. We are the torch bearers for Christ. In this dark world, we are the people upon whom Jesus depends. And he is looking at you and me as his army to go out and save the world because the world is dying Hopelessly. 
There are many times people ask us a question. They say, Jay, earnest preachers, there is so much happening around you. Your life is in danger. Aren't you scared? Yes. As human beings, we are scared. But then we ask a question. Why? 90 plus percent people are against 3 percent people. If we count all the Christians. We are not the business tycoons. We are not the people who are holding any kind of power strings in our hands. We are not any, you know, VIPs, important people in the world. So why are they against us so much? Because we have something that is so powerful that they are scared of him and his name is Jesus. We have seen miracles. When Jesus is preached in his spirit and in truth, he works. The word of God, which is a living word, it works. The Holy Spirit, which, is, which continues to empower us with the power of God, is still there working for us. And when we take all this and go to the world... They listen to the gospel and they are changed and they don't like it. That's why there is so much opposition of Christianity. Not because we are some things, but yes, we, we are some things in Christ. And they are afraid of Jesus Christ. So we say, all right, what is the utmost they can do to us? While we are preaching, they can shoot us, right? That's the utmost. That's what they tried on me and Ernest at least once. So what? While I'm preaching, if somebody comes and shoots me because I'm preaching Christ, what will happen? What will happen? Am I a loser or am I a winner? I'm a winner because I'll be with the Lord. Right? And if they spare my life, am I a loser or a winner? I'm a winner because in no matter what, I, along with my family, are committed to preach Christ and Him crucified, no matter what happens. So we don't lose. As the people of God, as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are victorious people. Paul says in Corinthians 5.14, 2 Corinthians, he says, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession. And that in Greek is in present continuous tense. And that means the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is not looking for victory sometime in the future. Well, that victory is there when Christ returns. That's for sure. But as a people of God, we are walking in the procession of victory right now. We are a victorious people. With that attitude, stand up, choose your Galilee, and go out 
and bring the people who are dying without hope and that person may be in your family, that person may be in your neighborhood, that person may be in the place where you work, that person is out there in the street, that person is out in the world. Become a bridge for that person to bring that person to Jesus Christ through you. Do that and God will bless you. Church, stand as we just continue to thank Pastor Henry for sharing with us today.